Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern Ned Reynolds in the studio on a Tuesday morning. So, yes, the Kansas City Chiefs will take on the Miami Dolphins Arrowhead Stadium Saturday night. Should be a lot of fun for those of us that are going. If you've never been in cold weather before, layer up. I cannot stress that enough. Wear the proper attire or you will suffer. But it's going to be a blast. Don't let that stop you. If you can't make it and you don't have the Peacock channel, the only way you're going to check out that game is listening to it on the cave. Which is fine. You can hear Mitch Holdis and the company, Danon Hughes, and all the crew, and they do a magnificent job. But it is not on over-the-air TV. It is not. And are the fans upset? You bet they are, and I cannot blame them one little bit. This is another gouge by the not just the NFL, but by everybody to get more money. It's on streaming, folks. Peacock is a streaming network. And unless you live in Kansas City or Miami, where the games will be on the NBC over-the-air network, that's the only place in the country. You have to buy your subscription, and that's the only way you see the game. The NFL tried it once before, and that was about, oh, I guess, two or three weeks ago. And eh, I guess it generated about 7 million viewers somewhere around there. What will this one? Well, the reason the NFL is doing it is because the Chiefs are the most popular team in the NFL. Everybody wants to see a Chiefs game, and, and who can blame them? Patrick Mahomes and company. But to do this in the playoffs, this is the first time it's ever been tried in an NFL playoff on a streaming sur- uh, service. How's it going to work? I don't know. I do not know. But I do know that everybody is upset because of the very nature of what they're doing. They're driving the public toward streaming. And just the way you do it, well, I would think there are other ways, but if, especially if you want to introduce it, but gosh, not in a game like this, in my opinion. It's an interesting time to test it out. You are, you are right about that, but like I said, you can always listen to it here, and that's always going to be the best broadcast. Just use your mind to create the, the visual picture. Uh, a lot that of that happens to be the way it used to be. Yeah, I know. You you know I'm, I'm sitting with the master of that right now. <laughs> um, so EB, when he was our uh, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, we loved him. Obviously, we lost him to the uh, Washington Commanders, and now there's some job head coach opportunities for him. Um, I've heard that maybe he stays there, maybe he goes to Atlanta, maybe he comes back to Kansas City. What do you think? Well, Ron Rivera was let go yesterday as the Washington Commanders, and that's individual. The coaching staff is really under probably a limited contract to June 1st or whatever date they decide upon. And then Washington's new coach will have the option of bringing in his own people. But the fact of the matter remains that Eric Bieniemy could, on his own, opt for something else. I think the Chiefs probably look at him as a catalyst. I would certainly think so. The handwriting's on the wall. The offense was stagnant. I can't say stagnant, but they weren't quite as powerful without him there. Was he the reason? Well, if I were the Chiefs, I'd be after Eric Bieniemy. Hey, come on back, and we can make some promises to you, and so forth and so on. Whether he chooses to do that, we'll find out in the next couple of weeks. You know, I agree with that statement that, yes, him being gone did have an effect on the offense, but I really think, like I said, and have been saying since the beginning of the begin- beginning of the season when some of these problems came up for the Chiefs was that it was discipline, and that's one thing they talked about Eric Bieniemy. He did not let you slack. It didn't matter who you were, and I think that was bigger than just really the coordinator position, just Washington his presence. Is the Washington team that during fall drills, before the season even started, Several of them went to Rivera and said, hey, this guy's too tough on us. And Rivera says, 
Really? Go talk to him about That's it. That's why we brought him in. <laughs> You're being paid to be here. If you don't want to be here, don't be here, buddy. That's exactly right. Even the baseball Cardinals kind of have a dire financial situation, and that's probably why they didn't make a whole lot of moves in the free agency. Well, owner Bill DeWitt dumped cold water, and it was colder than what it is out here right now, on any future big deals that the Cardinals might make. He said, hey, we're not going to do anything else. We're right where we need to be. Reason for it is there are some financial concerns. I, I, I hesitate to say that they're dangerous. I don't think that's the case. But the fact of the matter remains that the Cardinals do have to watch the pocketbook. The TV money is the big deal because they're in the final year now of maybe some major changes. We talked about streaming in the NFL. Major League Baseball may also be going to streaming, and that might be how you see the Cardinals from here on in. Not this year. This year they'll be on the ballet system. That's, that's a promise. But the fact is that it's going to change and change markedly, and the money that the Cardinals might have been getting, which was $61 million a year, probably won't be there this year at all. Probably reduced, but they will have their games on. Money, uh, TV, I should say, makes a major difference. And the Cardinals, while we think that they have a lot of money, and they do, but the is it like the Dodgers and the Yankees and the that's Red Sox and people you. like that? No, uh, it's not. And that's starting to come into play when you got a team that's willing to pay almost a billion dollars for one player, and then your owner saying, uh, "We don't have any money." <laughs> uh, what does that do to the fan base? You know, is that kind of you lose confidence? You're like, "Well, what about LA? They got all this money. They're spending money. I know you got the money. Why don't you?" Well, the spend Cardinals the money? have a loyal fan base, but. Nothing lasts forever. We have a national champion, and are you surprised no, with the winner? All. Not at all. Michigan was clearly the better team than Washington. Won it last night 34-14, to or 34-13, I think it was. And indeed, the Washington Huskies did put up as much of a battle as they could, but they chose to go all passing. They passed, and Michael Penix, their outstanding All-America quarterback, passed the ball 51 times last night completed 27 of them, and that was the bulk of the Washington offense. Well, you're going up a very good Michigan Wolverines defense. Ask Alabama about that. In fact, I'm going to go off on a little subjective limb here and say that the Michigan game with Alabama was the championship game. I agree. I think Alabama, and Alabama had it won and let it get away, but over and above all that, Michigan really dominated the ball game with their line play. Their line play was just superb. Penix was hurried most of the time that he tried to pass. Indeed, the Washington team did pass for 303 yards, something like that, and rushed for 46. Mm. Michigan was right there to stop them every time. It was all a domination, and you knew Michigan was going to win. So for 2024, Michigan, the Wolverines, hail to the victors. They are the national champions of college football. Not not a big surprise for me either. Uh, what's funny, though, I went to bed right after that game and then woke up this morning to come in here, and the first thing I see... Georgia Bulldogs pick number one for the <laughs> next. I mean, it's like, how do you know? What are you talking about? But that's what the pundits are already starting the conversation. Which well, is, they look at the the recruiting classes, yeah. And who the these online star all star reporters are and all that. That's where they put their credence in. That's rubbish. In my, in my <laughs> opinion, say, play it on the field, guys. Say no more. But. Next year's playoff scene will be a whole lot different because now we're to 12 teams. 12 teams, and it all is designed to rake in more cash. That's the objective of the whole thing. All right, how is it going to work? Well, six of the highest-rated conferences, the champions of those conferences, are automatically invited. They are not automatically given buys. The top four teams in the ratings 
not, not necessarily from those conferences, but the top four teams get the, the bye in the first round. First round begins on the home field, and it's 5 versus 12, 6 through 11. All the teams are seated, and uh, so forth and so on. And that, that is how the first round uh, manifests itself. Then the quarterfinal round are played in bowl games. <clears throat> and next year will be the Fiesta, the Peach, the Rose, and the Sugar, and they will be the quarterfinals. Those winners advance to the semifinals, obviously, which will be in the Cotton and the Orange Bowl, probably uh, the week after New Year's because the season is extended. And then the national final next year is in Atlanta, and that will be, I think it's on January 20th of uh, 2025. So we're, we're morphing to a completely different concept now. Teams who have been griping about not being in the playoffs don't have any gripe anymore because most of them, if not all, will be in. And it all will begin with a, a, an elongation, so to speak, of the season because it's going to continue right through the final game, the Army-Navy game, right up, <clears throat> excuse me, right up until the uh, playoffs begin. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this works. Yeah, uh, you say if uh, if you win your conference, you're automatically in uh, a major, major conference, major conference, mm-hmm. but not necessarily get a buy. But if you're in the top four, you would still get a buy in that situation. That's it's exactly so confusing. Right. It'll just be like listening to you guys try to figure out what the playoff situation was <laughs> this past weekend. That That's was what it'll be. And that you can still see his giant whiteboard with all these weird lines connected to different scenarios. <laughs> Let's talk about basketball. Where are the Tigers playing tonight? The Tigers play in Lexington, Kentucky, against number six in America, the Kentucky Wildcats. John Calipari's team. Whether or not it's one of his best ever remains to be seen, but they're pretty doggone strong. Missouri hasn't played well. Lost to Georgia in their conference opener in Columbia on Saturday. Got run out of the ballpark by Illinois in the Bragging Rights game. They've had their problems here recently, and scoring and staying with the horses on the boards has been one of them. But I think Coach Gates does a nice job with the Missouri Tigers. They'll go down and they'll give, I predict they give Kentucky a pretty hard time tonight on Kentucky's home court, the Rupp Arena in Lexington. Absolute palace, Mike, if you've have never been there. Great place to watch a game. Named, of course, for the Kentucky legend, the Baron of the Bluegrass, and offer up their longtime coach. But regardless of all that, the Kentucky team takes on Mizzou tonight. Should be an interesting result. Want to prove who you are? You get to do it on the court. Like you said, Ned, you have a wonderful day. Be safe on them streets, and I'll see you tomorrow.